This is Camp Code, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. Camp Code is dedicated to helping you create and facilitate the most effective leadership training so we as an industry can raise the bar for professionalism and preparedness of our staff. You can find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and directors at camphacker.tv. We're back. Hey, Camp Pros, Ruby here. Welcome to season seven of the Camp Code podcast. Oh, wow. Has it really been seven years already? I know, I know. Some of you are saying last year totally didn't count. That's fair. Turns out Beth Gabs and I got our hands on a whole lot of projects, including launching the first ever international gathering of female identifying Camp Pros, the Women in Camp Summit. We also developed a 12-week online course to make over your staff training, and we spoke at a lot of conferences all over North America. We've had a blast getting to meet so many of you as we've traveled from place to place, and it has been stellar working with many of you through our online classes to build intentional staff trainings. And truthfully, we have missed podcasting. It is our bread and butter. And to thank you for your loyal listening and to celebrate where it all started, we are thrilled to announce a tried and true season of Camp Code coming at you this year with new episodes on a regular release schedule. Every two weeks, you can expect to see an episode of Camp Code loading to your device to get that delicious staff training knowledge into your brain. As we prepare to up our consistency game, we want to hear from you. GoCampPro is conducting its first ever podcast listener survey this fall. We want to get to know you better and find out what topics we need to be tackling on our suite of podcasts. Yep, did you know that Camp Hacker and the Day Camp Pod are coming back for full seasons as well? Sweet! You can visit gocamp.pro forward slash pod survey to tell us what you think. Go on. You can do it. Please? That link one more time is gocamp.pro slash pod survey. Okay, cool. Thanks. We really do appreciate your feedback, your loyal listening, and all that you do to make camp the place where campers can be the people they want to be. You change makers, you. Onward, friends. Welcome to Camp Code, a podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. We have created and are dedicated to this podcast because we believe that staff training is one of, if not the most important part of your job as a camp director. Staff training is what prepares your staff to care for their kids, to to feel confident in their skills, to do their jobs to the best of their ability, and to learn along the way. A well-thought-out and intentional staff training will help you in more ways than you can imagine, and we need to help each other bring our very best. So we're going to start out today by introducing ourselves, and we're going to start first with uh, lovely Gabrielle. Hi, my name is Gabrielle Rail, and I'm one of the camp directors at Camp Waro. Camp Waro is an all-girls camp situated in the Laurentian Mountains of Quebec, and we focus on creating a positive female community, and we do that while doing that in English and in French. And Camp Waro has a lot of vowels, as we (laughs) said before the podcast. A lot of vowels. (laughs) Thanks, Gabs. And now to the lovely Ruby. I'm Ruby Compton. I'm the Chief Exploration Officer for Ruby Outdoors, and my company focuses on helping busy professionals be more present and confident outdoors, uh, whether that's through helping with staff training and taking things off the to-do list or taking you outside and showing you a good time. Thanks, Ruby. And I'm Beth Allison. I'm co-owner of Camp Hacker and Go Camp Pro. And I was an executive director of uh, five children's summer camps in Muskoka for 15 years in Ontario. But I'm now a consultant. And my passion, of course, is intentional leadership training and building solid and supportive community and lots of self-esteem with our young people. 
So our subject today is how to help our staff become decision makers. And Ruby's going to share with us why we chose this topic. Man, because we've been hearing a lot about it from camp directors. We've been hearing a lot about our staff can't make decisions. They are not problem solvers. And that seems to be a trend across the board. So we wanted to take some time today to talk about that a little bit more. Great. And since you've started us off, Ruby, can you continue? Where, where do we start with this? Yeah. What ideas well, have you got? So I happen to be listening to another podcast today, and it's actually, um, and I know, shocking. <laughs> I start every sentence that I say. Um, one time I listened to a podcast. Yes. <laughs> I heard of this podcast. Uh, and we're so glad all of you are listening to this podcast. But uh, I was listening to an episode of Building a Story Brand, which is a podcast I listen to a lot, reference a whole lot. And uh, they had a guy, uh, Michael Bungay Stanier, who was on there as their guest. And I was super pumped because I read his book called The Coaching Habit. And I read it a few years ago. And um, so he was basically just talking through a synopsis. So if you don't want to read the book, listen to the podcast, and it'll give you the basics of that, that uh, book. And I'll talk more about it. But it started me thinking, like, why are we talking about this difference between, like, coaching and managing and um, – coaching people through like solving the problem on their own and asking lots of questions and, and all that sort of stuff. And I realized it's because we have a generation of folks that have always had Google or Alexa or Siri. And so when we have a problem or we need to look something up, we just like type it in and go, what's the answer? And there it is. And yeah, there's some evaluating the source that needs to happen. But other than that, like we can basically say, hey, Alexa, what's the weather today? And then there it is, <laughs> right? And so we are used to getting answers at our fingertips. And so that idea of problem solving and um, having to make decisions, some of those decisions have been taken out of our normal routine and our normal practice. And so I think that we need to teach folks and teach our staff how to go through the process of making a decision. And that's one of the reasons I really like the coaching habit is because it gives you seven questions to uh, basically be a roadmap for a staff member when they come to you and they're like, oh, what is problem, right? And one of the, the best things that I think they say is you first ask, so what's on your mind? And they tell you, and then you say, and what else? And that's called the awe question, and what else? Because rarely when people tell you this is what's going on, is it actually the real thing that's going on? <laughs> There's usually something deeper. Or, um, it, and if you think about any conversation that you've been nervous about, which a lot of times our staff are nervous about coming to a director and saying, oh, I'm having an issue with this thing. The first thing that comes out isn't always the thing that you are actually feeling. And so as a coach or a manager or a boss or a supervisor, encouraging our staff to dig a little bit deeper and think about it and reflect on it and giving them that time and space can go a long way for them starting to think about what's really going on, how can they really deal with the problem that's ahead of them, and then asking what help can I offer or what do you need me to do, instead of just immediately launching into being Alexa, being Siri, and offering an answer. Um, and so I really like that system, and I recommend you check it out. And like I said, if you want the Cliff Notes version, uh, this episode of the podcast um, of Building a Story Brand, I'll post it in the show notes, and I'll give you a little more info there. That's great. I love that. Gabs, where would you start? Um, I, for me, it's, uh, I want to provide, a f okay, so for, first of all, decision making needs, a lot of the time needs permission. So um, some of our staff members don't know what they're allowed um, to do or what, what they can use, et cetera. I, I helped a friend on a, um, there's a, I've, I think I've so told this story before, but I helped a friend um, 
um, give out food to uh, kids on the street from a, this uh, bus called Dans la Rue. And um, when I was helping out, there's a lot because we're riding in a bus, a lot of things are spilling <laughs> as we're driving from one point to another. But because it, it's, it's um, an not for profit organization, they don't have very much money. I didn't know what I could use to clean up and I, I didn't want to use very much paper towels. So I used like one napkin over and over again. I was just wringing out this napkin because I felt I, didn't, I just didn't know until my friend came and sort of said, no, you, you know, Oh, here, there's paper towel here. And of course I know how to use paper towel. Of course I uh, like cleaning up after myself, but I wasn't quite sure what I was allowed to use. So, so knowing having permission. So for me, there's, there's three P's there's um, you want to provide staff with, uh, practicing planning and practicing prioritizing, but you also need to give them permission uh, to do certain things. So um, pl practice planning, what I like to do is ask staff sort of what are their person to make themselves feel happy in a day, what do they need to do daily? What What is their daily things that they need to do? And it's different for everybody. So some people um, they like to shower daily, which is adorable at camp if you're asleep away <laughs> camp and they start off with, I want to shower regularly and then they'll move it to like every three days or <laughs> there. Are, so there are some, of course, that will shower uh, regularly. There's some that would like to shower for a week, I would say once a week minimum. Um, so, but let's just say they, you know, every other day they like to shower. Um, they also, maybe they want to go for a paddle. Maybe that's something that makes them happy every morning or they like to journal uh, or they like that their bed is tidy. Some or they like to call home, whatever it may be, what are your two, three, four, five things that you need to do daily? And then in their day, um, and then you do the same thing for weekly. What are your things that you need to do weekly? And where are the things that you need to do monthly so that you feel good about yourself and not necessarily about your job, though it could link to your job, but um, what would you like to do? And then have them plan it in their very, very intense camp schedule. So, cause sometimes they start off with ideas of I'm going to run every morning and then I'm going to hang out with my friends and then I'm going to, I'm always going to call my mom cause I'm a good kid and they have this, this whole thing and I'm, I'm going to make, you know, special cards for all my campers and they have this big idea of what to do. And then they, they don't feel good because they're not accomplishing all of these things, but it's not realistic. So then I have them put it into to a calendar and, and I try to get as detailed as possible. So in the morning, um, do you want to make your bed or don't you want to make your bed? And, like, and they're like, I don't know, I don't care. Well, make your decision the night before. You can change it that day, but make your decision and try to get them to plan it. And the reason why this sounds like a little bit maybe, um, it, it maybe doesn't sound like it's very, very useful, but the long-term goal of this is that a lot of our staff members, because they go to school, they have, um, they have projects that are told in presentations and exams and papers are pre-told to um, students, this is when your deadline is. So they don't work on creating their own deadlines. They have no idea. It's just it's told to them. This is when your deadline is. And when you're actually in the, in the working field, a lot of the times a boss will ask you, when can you get this done by? And that's a confusing thing to, to a lot of our staff members. So having them just have a little bit of control over their own schedule and understand that they can't do it all, all at once helps them with actual decision making. And then the other thing is, of course, prioritizing. When you're doing that, you're, you're going to realize you can't do everything. And, um, well, I have another piece, but I can bring it in a little bit later. But then, of course, the permission. <laughs> so the three Ps. Love those. That's awesome.
That's really great. That's really great. Um, start out this conversation by offering sessions prior to this specific discussion during training. So why not have a session where you're talking about perfection and how it seems to invade every part of our lives these days? So maybe you could put them into small groups and ask them to discuss why they think being perfect is something so many of us struggle with and, you know, get them to share some of the answers in the larger group. And of course, they're going to mention things like the struggle to get accepted into a good college or university it makes them feel like they have to get the very best grades and the very uh, best looking resumes and all that extracurricular stuff has to go on there. Um, and they should bring up, I would think, how with social media, our lives are all filtered to show people at their very best and often not really real. But trying to live up to that image of perfection is impossible and it's incredibly stressful. And I'm finding these days that young people are are more in tune to that than I certainly was at their age. But again, we didn't have social media and all that stuff when I was their age. Um, and then you can end the session with each group coming up with ways to combat this problem with campers this summer. So by pointing out the issue and having staff give their input and wisdom and framing it in such a way that they understand this will help them in their roles at camp, you can get them ready for other discussions that will come into training. So later in the week, why not do a session about decision making? So you can start with something like the game, Are You More Like? And I'm sure lots of camp people have played it. You offer them two choices and you tell them, and if they choose the first one, they go to the left wall of the room or your space. And if they choose the second, they go to the right. And then you can have volunteers share why they chose what side they chose. So you can use things like pen or pencil, hammer or nail sun or moon and you don't give them any more information than that and their answers as to why they chose the one they did can be really enlightening and thoughtful um, I always love to hear their answers and I can post a list of these uh, phrases in the show notes if you like it's just opposites those kinds of things but you're asking which one do you most um, sort of connect with and you can start out by saying that they can also choose to stay in the middle or move along the line more to one side than the other but not a definitive answer. And then as the questions continue, you can then change your instructions so that they have to choose a side. And do 15 or 20 of them, stop while well, it's still fun and interesting, of course, and then debrief the activity. And ask if anyone felt it got harder when you told them they had to choose. And get some feedback. Ask why they think it is. And it doesn't have to be those who found it harder who answer. We don't want to necessarily put pressure on them, but anybody can answer. So I think we can use that type of a game, any type of a game, to introduce the topic to our staff and to be really upfront and honest about the fact that this is a concern camp directors are sharing everywhere at every conference this year. Let's tell them that this is what we're hearing and ask them why they think we're hearing this. Um, and I think this could be a really great discussion of why our young people are having difficulty making decisions and we can ask for their input into what would help them make decisions. Now, if we ask for their input here, we then, of course, need to be prepared to have ourselves or our leadership team make some adjustments during training to maybe add in some of their ideas. And of course, you're also going to tell them at this point that you have other sessions prepared for training that will help them become better decision makers. And together, you'll help each other throughout training and throughout the summer. So you really want to spend your training cultivating that growth mindset. Have that discussion at some point during training. What's the difference between the growth mindset and the fixed mindset? Of course, all kinds of information out there. I'm sure all of us know all about it already, but we need to put it certainly into our program. Um, um, do we all share this concept with our staff? 
we should be. So obviously you can run a session at training in terms of helping campers have a growth mindset and that this is what camp's all about. But at the end of it, have a discussion about how we as staff need to work on that too. And again, you're going to ask for their input into ways that we can cultivate that in our jobs and how that might be difficult. So get suggestions from them about how people can overcome that fixed mindset and help each other along. For me, being upfront and honest and getting their input is always key. And I think it will really help them buy into that kind of a discussion. So I kind of start there. And I'm going to save my other three shorter ones um, for the next round. So Ruby, what else have you got? Well, and to piggyback on what you said, so I will again go back to my first tip, which is the coaching habit and that podcast that I was mentioning, they talked about that, you know, the difference between you as a manager or coach saying, hey, um, there's something wrong here, what can we do to fix it, right? And like how to enter into that conversation. And so there's some great tips on that episode that I recommend. So it fits all, all together really well. So check it out. Um, <laughs> so I think that it's important to discuss the difference between patience and analysis paralysis mm -hmm. because those are both skills or circumstances. One is a skill that is, is going to sometimes be necessary when looking at making a decision. And the other one is a kind of a situation you can end up in. And I think that there is a difference. <laughs> and so taking some time when you're talking about like, why is it difficult to make decisions that I think that idea of analysis paralysis, like there's so many options. I think this is our staff are a generation that are, um, exposed to so many options in so many different ways that sometimes it's hard to know, like, where do I even start, right? And so, but also talking about how does that feel, look, is that different from patience? Because sometimes there are times that we have to be patient when we are looking to make a decision, that we can't make the decision right away, or we can make a better decision if we give it a little bit of time. And when are those times when a decision needs to be made now and let's make it, <laughs> right? Um, and so, you know, we always talked about when our, we did our crisis drill uh, during our staff training, if there was always this moment where I'd throw in some wrinkle, something where a medical emergency would come up with a staff member, right, in this scenario. And there would always be this moment where, like, somebody would drop on the ground and everybody would just be standing there looking at them like, well, and then finally, you know, a minute would go by, it would feel like, and somebody would finally be like, oh, we should do something, <laughs> right? And sometimes all it takes is somebody saying, hey, we should do something for people to move into action. Um, and so I think just talking through, like, what does patience look like? What does analysis paralysis look like? And how can we identify that in our campers and in other staff members? How can we go from one to the other? How can we get out of one and the other? Um, so spending a little time on that. And I think... From that, I would draw your attention to or encourage you to think about developing some sort of decision-making model. Uh, and we've talked about on this podcast before about the 4S test. And so is it something like that where if a staff member doesn't know what decision to make, are there some easy questions that they can ask themselves to help them make that decision for how camp wants it to be? Uh, going back to Gab's point of like, don't know what you can use. Well, here are the tools. So as a, an organization, can you give your staff some sort of 
tool that will help them go through decisions when they have no idea what decision to make um, and have them practice that tool over and over and over again throughout staff training even when they don't necessarily need it like should I put corn on my plate okay well let's see you know and go through it just so they can practice when it's a really low stakes situation and then when it gets to be more high stakes then they've had practice using the tool and working through it and asking themselves some of those questions and then, um, and just a side note, I did a presentation recently with a, a friend and a peer, and he had a parent decision-making model for how parents choose to sign up for camp. And it was so cool as a marketing like model and a way to, to think through that. So anytime you can make models of how you think something works, that can be really helpful because then you can test it and play with it. If you don't have a model, then you're just kind of like, doing whatever and like, yeah, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. But when you can map out some sort of model or flow chart that says, this is how we think this works, then when things break down, you can go back to your model and, and say, okay, are we actually following this path? Or is there some piece here that's incomplete? Or are we not training staff well enough on this piece of the model? Um, so I really, really encourage the use of some sort of decision-making model, um, whether that's like a 4S test or a flowchart or um, emergency procedures thinking through like, what do I do first? Okay, yes or no? Okay, what do I do next? Okay, yes or no? Okay, um, I think that those can be really effective. And then finally, um, asking how did you learn these things? Taking some time to reflect on decisions that have been made at camp. Uh, if you're talking with a staff member when they haven't made a great decision, um, ask them what they learned and then how did they learn what they learned? Uh, because then that helps them take ownership not only of the lesson, but also how they learned that lesson and how they made that decision so that the next time they will be more aware of how they make decisions and therefore can make a smarter one the next time. Great. Thanks, Ruby. Mm -hmm. Gab, what do you got? Um, for me, I think that uh, most people um, are able to make decisions, are, are, we have different decision-making skill sets, and some are, are good at making uh, decisions um, under stress, and others are, they're capable of making decisions with no stress. And I think, I think that sometimes gets a little bit confused. We think that everybody under no stress can make decisions. And that's usually, that's not necessarily true for, for a lot of people. I'm one of those people. When there's not much stress, stress, the possibilities become absolutely endless. <laughs> and I don't know where to start or where to go. Um, and, and having somebody provide guidelines and expectations and uh, working with me on, on how to make those decisions and planning is really, really helpful. But under a stressful situation, I'm quite skilled because the, 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 the options are very limited, but I can act really, really fast. In both cases, you need to provide, I think it's important to provide scenarios for all staff members to practice decision-making in stressful situations and in non-stressful situations and teaching them what priority looks like. And I think if you look back at your camp and you look back at some of the things that might've been really frustrating for you. So let's just say, I think something that's frustrating for a lot of um, camp directors is if a program is um, taking a while to start and staff members are just sitting and doing nothing with their kids and you want them to be engaging with their kids and, and then they'll give excuses like, well, we didn't know when it was going to start, so we were just waiting and, and they can't notice that this is a prime opportunity to connect with your, with your, um, with your campers, then 
trying to look at when some of the things that were stressful for you and then addressing those specific moments before camp starts, making sure that there's like, that's your intentionality in your staff training is, doesn't matter when the program starts, um, it's that uh, no matter what, whether it's the intended program or not, there's a program that's starting. So you might be responsible for uh, doing a two minute game because at 7.30, no matter what, these kids are doing something and you're responsible for your own kids. And just having them, because you already know that there's an issue and this is, this is something that happens all, all camps. So if, if you're like, that happens to me, don't worry about it. It happens to all of us. We're all struggling with that. But just in that practice, they're having the exercise of when they've planned it, it's an expectation. But two, you're, you're um, telling them that, that it's important to, to come prepared. And so just by that muscle memory, hopefully that, that's going to that's gonna transcend in other areas. And also um, implementing programs with your campers so that when they become staff members, they're, they're also becoming decision makers. So at the end of programs, instead of staff members cleaning up or a certain group of staff members, making sure that perhaps whoever was running that activity or that program, having that staff member or those two staff members with their kids cleaning up, but having asking the kids, where do you think we should put this? What's the best way to clean this up? How could we do this fast? What would make this fun? It allows them to be part of that decision-making as kids. And then when they become staff members, it's, it's, it's second nature to them. So not only looking at your staff, but also looking at your kids and where can you provide those little mini decision-makings. And what's important is that it's not always every single day. So yes, kids do you know, group cleanup sometimes or they help clean up the table, but what can be something that happens once or twice a week that's out of their ordinary? And that's what, that's what helps with, with practicing those muscles. Great. Thanks, Gab. Um, and you can tell we've all worked together a, a really long time because number two of my part four parts was give them a formula, um, just as Ruby had said. Um, so because you may be just listening for the first time, I'm just going to review the 4S test really quickly. We have talked about it a million times in podcasts and, and conferences, but these are a set of boundaries that you create for your staff and for your campers, for anybody who comes to camp. And they are question, four questions. Is it safe? Does it serve the community? Is it good stewardship of the environment? Does it build self-esteem? And having those four questions allows them the opportunity to think, think things through. And if they have answered yes to all four questions, they know they can go ahead and do, do it. So it helps with that decision-making. It's a way for them to feel like they've checked things out in advance and that their decision has passed that test so they can go for it. Uh, another way that we've often talked about um, in our podcast is, you know, think of the big picture and ask them to, imagine what they want it to look like when it's over. So if a camper is sitting on a path, they've come across them, this child is bleeding and crying, what, are they, what does the finished product of that look like? What do they want to happen? So they can stop for a second and think, you know, I don't want this child to be bleeding anymore. I want them to stop crying. I want, you know, things, how are you going to get there? So just kind of have them reverse engineer that. Um, think about what you want that child to feel like, to look like, to sound like, all that kind of stuff. And that it's okay to take a moment to pause and make a quick decision. Uh, number three for me, and we've talked again about this many, many times um, as Camp Code team, um, celebrate mistakes. Uh, we've even had stickers made by Gabs that say celebrate mistakes. So um, we have mentioned this before. Oh, there, Gabs got it right there. So um, each night of training, you can ask them who made a mistake today. 
Now, I recommend that you go first on the very first night and, and share a mistake that you have made. But then each night um, or at the end of each day, if you're day camp training, when you ask who made a mistake, maybe prep a few senior staff members ahead of time to be ready just in case no one else wants to. But ask them what was the mistake and then what did you learn from that? And let them know it's okay to say I don't know yet, but it's a time to honor their vulnerability, their honesty, and thank the mistake for teaching us something, even if we don't know what it is yet. So this end of day ritual will help them to see that making mistakes are the way that we learn and that we value that very much. And of course, number four, obvious one, you need to let them practice. So create those opportunities during training where they can safely practice scenarios and where you have front loaded with them that by practicing, we feel more comfortable, but we're less likely to make mistakes during practice. And then that's okay. That's what we're here for. Or we're more likely to make mistakes during practice. Sorry. And that's what we're here for. So before you practice, you also have to make sure that you've made really clear, ex clear expectations. And Gab touched on this a little bit too, but clear expectations of how certain decisions are to be made. So you want to let them know things like, these are the kinds of decisions that you have the room to make on your own. Here are the kinds of decisions you need to discuss first with your co or your head counselor or your unit head. And these are the ones that you never make the decision on. These are the ones that we have already made those decisions on. So things like, um, Having a session at the end of each training night where I used to call it, let me make this perfectly clear. So um, because so many things at camp are gray areas, sometimes you can do this and sometimes you can say that and it all kind of depends on the situation. But there are, of course, certain situations that are absolutely black and white. And so maybe you could ask your staff, what did you learn today that is totally black and white that we don't have options for? So things like little examples for us would have been our junior campers um, every day we had soup at lunch and the soup was in hot soup tureens at the front. Our junior campers were never allowed to carry their own soup back to their tables. Counselors always had to do this for this age group. There were no exceptions. So that's black and white. Um, two really big things like what do you do if a camper discloses abuse to you? There is a protocol to follow and they need to know what that is. There's no real decisions to be made there. Or this is what will get you fired. No exceptions no decisions to be made there. So it's important that everybody's on the same page on these kinds of items and that you've given them boundaries again to know what to do during certain situations and when to, to say, I trust your judgment to make with all the tools that you're building in during, uh, during your time together in leadership training, I trust you to make these decisions. And then build in time after they've practiced to debrief. And I think that that part's really, really important. Um, anything else we have to share before Gab recaps for us? Um, for me, it's going with the expectation piece um, to make it official and put it part of your evaluation, your check-ins that you do throughout the summer uh, within their decision makings and as well as within your, your check-ins with your staff members have the question, how can you duplicate this? So when you are seeing them do something well and you are seeing them problem solve, say, how can you duplicate this again? So it really goes in, into their, into their um, conscious that this is something that's important. This is something that's valued. And it, it goes with what Ruby was saying is in the reflection. But knowing, knowing, letting your staff know, because it might be new in your evaluation system, letting them know um, perhaps during staff, train, uh, staff hiring or at the very latest staff training, that decision making is, is going to be valued. We value, of course, um, we practice, uh, we celebrate mistakes here, 
and, um, and here's the framework for making those decisions, but letting them know that it's expected that they take those healthy risks. Um, and, you know, it gives them that permission piece. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Anything else? I think one last thing that I would toss in there is um, we haven't talked much about decision fatigue and the phenomenon of when you have so many decisions that you make every day, you get to a point where you kind of hit a quota and you're like, oh, I'm tired of making decisions. And so what's great about camp is like a lot of decisions are, are made for us. You know, what time we're going to wake up, maybe what you wear each day, um, what you're going to, how you're going to be spending your time during the day. But like you can get to the point in your average normal life, not at camp of like, okay, what time am I going to get up? What am I going to wear? What am I going to eat for breakfast? And like, by the time you even get to breakfast, you're like, I don't even know. And you hit your quota. And so the strategy out there, people who eat the same thing for breakfast every day, or they have minimized their closets. They only have so much that they wear, you know, during the week to work. Um, I think that can be an interesting phenomenon to, to think about, maybe talk about with your staff, but at least know can be going on that if somebody's had a day of making a lot of decisions, they may hit a breaking point and like really can't make any more decisions without some help. Great. Yeah. All right, Gab, recap, recap. I think I'm going to say one more thing because I'm, okay. because I'm in it. I'm so into this. Um, <laughs> I think it's also important for us as directors um, or leaders of our organization to have a realistic expectation of, from our, our staff members, um, their experience, their age, um, their you know, new generational culture, to have that expectation and perhaps use this first year as an assessment. You know, have a goal of how you want your 17-year-olds to act, your 18-year-olds, your 19, 20-year-olds, um, and, and have it sort of have a loose goal on what you want to look like. And then at the end of the summer assess, did we do better, worse, the same? And if it's on and, and then adjust accordingly. So then you can have a three year, four year plan. And then as Beth says, bring your staff in on, on that planning, um, and then link it to how it's going to help them in, uh, the job industry, mm -hmm. because it is going to help them. And <laughs> it's not just smoke blowing smoke in areas. <laughs> it's actually going to help them in the job industry. It's what the job industry needs is uh, innovative thinkers. Um, so linking it to, to outside camp life um, and saying that we want to do a five-year plan on building your decision-making skills, I think is also going to motivate people, but it's also going to keep the expectations realistic to you and maybe keep your frustration level at a, at a lesser grade, <laughs> lower, a little lower. Nice. Self frustration level. Hi, everybody. It's Beth. Hi there. It's Gabrielle. Hey there. It's Ruby. And the three of us love talking about staff training and sharing ideas on our podcast and at conferences. When I was a camp director, I had lots of awesome ideas about training. And then the spring got away from me in the hustle of prepping for the summer. And I didn't have enough time to implement all those fantastic ideas. So beginning in January, we are offering a course called Designing Staff Training, a masterclass with the co-hosts of Camp Code. This course will be a combination of weekly video calls with new content from Beth, Gab, and me, as well as a laid out excuse to spend time thinking about and working on training throughout the spring. Over the 12-week course, participants will share ideas with one another, be held accountable to a timeline for planning training, and have a one-on-one -on -one call with one of the hosts of the podcast. 
Whether your staff training is due for a makeover or you are embarking on your first staff training design, this course promises to bring you together with other innovative camp leaders across the country to help you lay the groundwork for the smoothest summer yet. There are few things that I love more than intentional leadership training. I just can't wait to work with you. Visit gocamp.pro slash camp code to find out how to register for this course. It is recap time, recap time, recap, <laughs> recap, time, recap, 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 recap. So decision-making, problem-solving, why is it difficult? Well, we have the Alexa Siri effect. Uh, schools uh, train our kids to not think when things are supposed to be done. They tell them, and therefore, they can't plan ahead. And also, it is a perfect, perfect world, so it's really, really hard to make mistakes. That's why we need to create a culture of celebrating mistakes. And one of the ways to do that is decision-making models including the four S's, but brought to you by Beth and, um, <laughs> and Travis. Also, Ruby <laughs> talked about podcasts, shocker, shocker, but this is a really <laughs> one. coaching habits. What's on your mind? What's else? A good question to ask during um, check-ins would be, what can you do to duplicate this? There's also the three P's, practice, planning, um, prioritizing, and also give them permission uh, to, uh, to practice those three things. Um, get campers involved as well. So then they're already training, you're already training them to be amazing decision makers when they get older. And I like to call this the uh, so meta Beth effect, which is one session, uh, perfection session, and link that to campers, getting staff members to care, care about the society and perfection. Two, do a session on decision-making and then boom, boom, boom. Three, become transparent and say, what do you think about this? Other camp directors are talking about it. We want you to be exceptional decision-makers. Help me help you. And hmm. that is our recap for today. I think nice. you're getting better at those every time. Oh my gosh. If that's even possible. <laughs> Depends on the days. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. As we wrap things up, um, this, of course, is how you can get involved and join us uh, in this discussion. If you use the hashtag camp code, we would love to hear the topics you'd like us to discuss, any guests you would recommend that we talk to, or great leadership training tips that you have to share with us. We would love to hear from you because we all know we are all about sharing in this industry. And if you found this podcast to be useful, we'd love it if you could leave us a rating and a review for us in iTunes. And you can do that by going to Camp Hacker tv slash cc underscore itunes or tweet your love of the show by going to camphacker.tv slash camp code love and your feedback always helps us keep this show going but if you want to in uh connect with one of us individually this is how you do it ruby yep you can reach out to me at ruby at rubyoutdoors.com you can check out my website that's where uh, rubyoutdoors.com you can find out more about what i'm doing um i'm on instagram Ruby Outdoors, and then on Twitter at RubyLen85. Thanks. And Gab, how about you? You can check out where I work at the Vowel Camp, O-U-A-R-E-A-U.com. And you can also uh, check out what I, you know, how I think about things and see things at uh, on Instagram and on, t on Twitter at Gabrielle Rail, Rail with two L's. Great. And you can email me directly at beth at camphacker.tv or find out all about us at camphacker.tv. And Ruby's going to tell us what we're doing for our next podcast. Yeah. So we know y'all are in the midst of hiring and interviewing. So uh, our next podcast will be talking about interviewing and hiring seasonal leadership team members. Mm -hmm. I think we probably have lots to say about that. Yeah, always. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Our final segment on each podcast is a best practice for leadership training, and we would love to hear some of your memorable moments or most effective tips so that we can share them with everybody. And again, you can tell us what they are using the hashtag camp code. And this week, Ruby's going to share a best practice with us. So this week's best practice is a decision-making model that I uh, discovered when I was working on a team that it felt like we were having a lot of circular conversations. Um, and there was a lot of, I just feel like this is what's going on and our assumptions were not right. And any researcher that had been in the room would have been like, oh, I hate my life because this is not database um, decision-making. So I read an article that had the three Ds and they are data, debate, and decide. And so when you are working on making a decision, you need to be in one of those three places. So are you A, gathering data, and data are facts. It's not, um, you know, I feel like this is the case, like looking at the numbers, really seeing what is going on and, and just some statements of fact. Um, ha take some time to debate. What are the pros and cons? Does that look like uh, we're going to have a meeting and we're going to debate about this? Or is it you just sitting there going, okay, I could do this and this is probably what would happen and I could do this and this is probably going to happen. Uh, so that can be personal or with a group. And then to make a decision. And so I think this is particularly helpful when you're talking about a group that needs to make a decision to have this tool so that you can identify, okay, right now we're just gathering data. We're not debating. We're just talking about what's going on. Okay, then we're going to take 10 minutes to debate then we're going to make a decision. Um, so I think that it's a helpful model that could be used and adapted to help your teams make more effective decisions. And I think there's a way you could adapt that as well and use it with your summer staff too. Great. Thanks, Ruby. So today you have three P's, three D's, and four S's. Yeah. That's what <laughs> so this many shows letters. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps things up for today. Please send your training tips our way. Pop us an email or reach out on Twitter. And thanks for the listening, friends. Please remember, no other industry shares its best practices the way summer camps do. If you use an idea heard on a Camp Hacker podcast, please be professional and give credit where credit is due. The Camp Code is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for the listening, friends. <laughs>